to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning, and welcome to the Business Hour here at America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Ron Camacho, and the business at hand today is the business of American cuisine. And I'm, I'm quite pleased uh, to have as my guest, Chef Aaron Schmood of Plato's, a restaurant at Aspen Meadows in Aspen, Colorado. And Aaron is a true master chef, uh, a chef who's mastered the art and the science of creative and delicious cuisine, as opposed to just creative, and that'll be somewhat of a sub-theme throughout today's program, because personally, I believe there are many, many chefs uh, all over the world, uh, but here in the U.S., trying so ever hard to be creative for the sake of creativity, and Aaron has created some really unique, innovative variations on some classic uh Fresh produce, meat, fish, grains, uh, items on the menu at Plato's and uh, not lost the essence of their natural flavor. And so, welcome to the Business Hour, Aaron. Uh, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, Aaron, um, I, I think we can probably uh, dive right in and uh, talk about the menu. I, I did have the distinct pleasure of... of uh, having uh, a, a really fine meal at Plato's, and uh, that in turn inspired me to want to invite you onto the program. We can talk a little bit about um, how you uh, might uh, describe uh, what you do. I, I use a broad term, oftentimes uh, classic contemporary, uh, which is to say that there are some uh, core. Uh, food items uh, that many of us are familiar with. In your case, some of it is very regional. And then you uh, have added, along with uh, your uh, fellow chef, um, your executive chef, uh, Chef Thompson. And uh, is that correct? Did I get that right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Chief Thompson, he's the executive chef of uh, the property. So, yeah. And, and we, uh, we like to get together. And also... Um, uh, Bonnie Caldron is your uh, manager, and I know that uh, she, along with uh, some of your other colleagues, can often play a, a little bit of a role in the collaborative effort to to make sure that what goes on the menu is something that uh, has a, a potential uh, to be well received. But how do you how do you characterize what you do, Aaron? How do you, if someone were to ask you uh, what uh, you know the term "new American"? Creative American, mm-hmm. eclectic American—you know—it gets thrown around all the time, uh, and they—they they yeah, do apply definitely. to you. How do you how do you characterize it? Um, well, it's actually funny about how you say classic contemporary. That's uh, I kind of like that. You know, I, I guess to me, it's my way of taking dishes and ingredients that people are comfortable with and, and familiar with. You know, stuff that uh, they uh, possibly had before or heard of, but then use modern techniques and similar but higher in quality ingredients to elevate those culinary ideas, you know, uh, ingredients that might not be as mainstream, you know, halibut cheeks, guanciale, ilacoche, uh, barugani, and stuff like that, and to make these uh, familiar dishes kind of have a new, more contemporary uh, twist to them, I would say. Aaron, take that from the top, say those uh, different ingredients and say them slowly uh, so that listeners can actually hear. Um, I uh, had the benefit of tasting some of those, but uh, what did you just... Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, I mean, on we 
do a uh, tegra, octopus tegretel with a uh, guanciale. And guanciale is a cured pork chow. You know, it's nothing crazy, but something that uh, some people aren't familiar with. You know, and uh, it just has some great flavor. Huila uh, coche is a uh, uh, corn mushroom, essentially, that kind of renders the ear of the corn inedible. But this actual um, fungus itself is delicious in its own right. And so we kind of are able to use that and uh, incorporate it into some uh, American ways of uh, cooking, whereas in Mexico it's, you know, very apparent. Um, you know, baduban is a uh, French-based um, curry that has addition of dried uh, shallots and garlic and just uh, that actually uh, went on the lamb that uh, you enjoyed so much. Well, you, speaking of lamb, you have um, some unique regional food items. And, of course, these days, almost any food item, produce, fish, meats, cheeses, are available, particularly in a developed country where you have mm-hmm. uh, suppliers that can move fish from the Mediterranean overnight or get Alaskan uh, king crab or uh, salmon from uh, the Pacific Northwest, which is actually close to you, but where mm-hmm. uh, food can be moved around literally overnight uh, you you have regional foods uh, uh, right outside the door: uh, bison, Colorado lamb, uh, and and venison, to to name mm-hmm. a, a few. Um, w- what are some of the other regional uh, foods that you like to draw upon? Um, well, I mean, the, those being said, the bison, the Colorado lamb, and the venison. You know, pe- being in Colorado, people absolutely you know love their game and love their meat. And uh, the lamb we actually get is a lamb ribeye from Fort Collins, uh, Colorado, so not too far away. Uh, break it down and leave the fat cap on and just add so much flavor to it. You know, but uh, pulling um, from other regions around the uh, venison and the bison as well, both come from uh, Durham Ranch, which is based in Wyoming. Um, the unique thing about this is uh, the venison is actually um, raised in New Zealand, but per uh, Durham Ranch standards. So it still is uh, uh, considered a ranch, and they're just you know, beautiful products. And as far as you know, fish, you know, we we get um, Alaskan halibut. Uh, we have wild uh, during sockeye season. We always go um, from the uh, inlets of uh, Alaska as well, and uh, the Pacific Northwest. Our bear Monday, uh <clears throat> just like you said, you know, we can get it flown in every day. We actually get that uh, from New Zealand as well. So uh, it's just. Uh, you know, our scallops come from uh, New Bedford, Massachusetts, and just it, it's really uh, fortunate to you know be in this day and age where we can get such beautiful products to to use. You know, um, before we dive into the menu, and it's 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 going to be uh, where we uh, sound more like a cooking show than a a business hour, but it is the yeah. business of American cuisine, and in this case. Uh, classic contemporary Colorado American cuisine is what we'll call it. Um, okay. Uh, I, I, I touched on, and you just uh, reiterated that, you know, that we're lucky to be able to get so many things from so many places. Um, has that changed in, in uh, the last uh, decade or two uh, from what you have seen as a professional chef? Are there actually items, and, and part of it would have to do with working for an upscale restaurant that uh, includes uh, sort of as part of the uh, the ingredients to achieve a menu, you can specify something that you then 
uh, via the restaurant have the ability to uh, acquire. But in the last 10 years, have you noticed, I mean, even since uh, you, you were beginning to cook, that there are many more foreign uh, products available? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, with technology these days and everything, uh, we have things, uh, items almost at our fingertips. Now, uh, before I came to Aspen, I was in Las Vegas, and that was just a food hub for, for anything you could ever imagine, anything you wanted. You know, we we get things on a daily basis from across the world. Um, it's just one of those things that since the demand is so high and we have the the means to do it, we it, it's just opened a lot more culinary doors, I would say. It, you know, it, people are people are traveling more, people are, you know, experiencing more and kinda of getting out of their comfort zones to uh push themselves to experience new cultures and new foods. Speaking of uh, demand and speaking of people traveling, you happen to be working in a uh, a small town with a huge mm-hmm. reputation uh, for uh, great skiing and uh, and actually um, for much more than skiing. Uh, I was out there very recently. Uh, it, it was warm. It was beautiful. Uh, it was a great place to uh, to hike. Uh, you know, there, there are, uh, any number of activities you can, uh, raft, you can, uh, ride horses, uh, you can do a lot of things and you can come back to a comfortable place, um, like Aspen Meadows and then eat mm-hmm. at a fantastic world-class restaurant like Plato's. And I would appreciate that. Yeah, well, no, that is an observation. I mean, it might sound a little like an infomercial, but it's an observation yeah. on my part uh, that, uh, you know, it's a well-run uh, facility. Uh, there are slicker uh, facilities, uh, but none, in my opinion, better uh, run. And, and uh, the restaurant is no exception to that. That's a tip of the hat to Bonnie Calderon and the uh, the management folks there. Um, mm-hmm. Chef Thompson and yourself, but you must find that you get some really um, uh, travelers from uh, a lot of different countries. Has that influenced uh, your thinking about uh, I can offer uh, menu items that uh, wouldn't be uh, wouldn't wouldn't fit the palate. Uh, wouldn't be as suited for um, just a uh, Colorado, uh, the average Colorado resident or the average American, for that matter. Um, and so you're you're you you feel like you have a little bit of a a license to be experimental. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, when I when I first got here, I, uh, Chef uh, Thompson kind of told me, you know, Plato's would be my my main focus and my my priority. So just kind of have fun with it, you know. And uh, you know, there are guidelines and. Um, we being this is now my third season going into the fourth uh, with school coming changes it's just fun to have that freedom that leeway you know and like you said it's such a destination uh, town and per- personally you know I, I, I love the season that we, we just had um, you know winter is great but it's just the colors and everything beautiful for the spring and summer and uh, each season we actually get different kinds of uh, transient business um, and so those international people are in guests and even locals you know it's it's what I try to do with my food is 
just like stated before, you know, I, I, I'm going to bring in new items and things that are going to kind of uh, make people, you know, wonder what it is or, you know, be intrigued by it. But at the same time, when it gets there, you know, it's something that's going to be comfortable and something that's going to just, the flavors will speak for themselves and the aesthetics of it, you know. Well, so, uh, I, I've been very fortunate to have had that, uh, that kind of, um, I guess, customer base. You, it, it is uh, a, a, um, a fortunate situation to, to to be based in such a small town, but with a world mm-hmm. reputation that brings in folks from 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 all over the world for sure. Uh, we're going to be taking a break here in a bit, but when we come back, um, I, I want to dive into the diver scallops um, and uh, talk about. Uh, your bison preparation, the the bison carpaccio, um, the uh, uh, asparagus crispy crispy farm egg uh, primavera, and uh, and and a number of other items. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. sound very much like a cooking show, but I really think that at the core of uh, what uh, Plato's has to offer are your menu items, um, and we're going to talk about them very specifically, and even a little bit about the preparation. We're here with Chef Aaron Schmood of Plato's in Aspen Meadows in Aspen, Colorado. We'll be back with Chef Schmood right after this break. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren, on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Staying on course without support is tough. With help from family and community, you get valuable support for recovery from a mental or substance use disorder. Join the Voices for Recovery. Visible. Vocal. Valuable. For confidential information on mental and substance use disorders, including prevention and treatment referral for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. 
Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Chef Aaron Schmood of Plato's, a restaurant at Aspen Meadows in Aspen, Colorado. And we've been talking about the very creative approach that Chef Schmood takes um, in creating a, a, a variety of, of dishes. And, uh, and as I said at the top of the program, I really think a lot of chefs um, in the highly competitive environment of uh, of the U.S. and, for that matter, all around the world, um, with the U.S. and Europe sort of being two uh, locations, two regions where there's such a concentrated number of cities with with great restaurants, the the competition is often feverish, and I do really believe that that some chefs are trying to be creative just for the sake of creativity or they've lost uh, sight of, of what really works uh, in terms of, of what tastes good. But I have to say that uh, in, in experiencing uh, the menu uh, at Plato's, uh, what Chef Aaron has done is create a lot of really, really tasty items uh, and, and he's leveraged some of the uh, regional food products uh, and we're going to uh, uh, jump on that right now and, and uh, I want to have you tell us about um, uh, not everything is uh, is local and as we talked about things can be uh, flown in overnight uh, on ice but still extremely fresh and you have uh, diver scallops with a very uh, I think it's a very unique uh, uh, preparation tell us about your diver scallops uh, Chef Heron. Uh, absolutely. Um, so we actually, as you said, being flown in, we get our diverse scallops uh, from New Bedford, Massachusetts, and they're they're just beautiful. You know, uh, we don't want to. We get about U10 to U20, which is the size being 10 to 20 per pound. Um, so they're not huge ones. Uh, we we like to use a little bit smaller, uh, just a little bit more sweet. I I tend to find. But uh, this has been one of the most fun dishes that we've come up with. Uh, my right and left hand in the kitchen is uh, Carla, and she's uh, from Mexico City. She she actually loves huilacoche, which is what I described earlier. It's uh, like a corn mushroom that you know it, uh, renders the ear uh, essentially inedible, but then that fungus itself is it, it's extremely delicious. And we we take that, we cook it down with garlic and shallots and herbs, and blend it to a smooth paste. And that's kind of like what we brush the plate with. Um, and then uh, once we sear off the, those scallops to have that beautiful crust on top, uh, we take uh, drizzle some ajillo over top, which is also a regional thing. Uh, and it is essentially we take um, ground ajillo peppers, uh, heat them with some aromatics and garlic oil, and strain it. So it's this beautiful bright red, um, smoky, uh, little spicy uh, liquid that just goes right over it. It's delicious. Uh, well, let's let's of, back up for just a moment, Chef, Chef Aaron. You you tell us again about the preparation preparation of that ayio, because I mean that's mm-hmm. a single ingredient that you just described uh, uh, a uh, a process for. Tell us, th- g- review that for a second. Yeah, so, so uh, ayio peppers is it's just a uh, different kind of pepper, and we actually get them and dry, and so we ground them, and uh, uh, with that we then just heat them with a little bit of uh, garlic oil. So we take garlic confit and use that reserved oil, some aromatics as well, just to bring out a little bit more flavor. And then once it heats, not to frying or anything like that, we strain it. So then we have this beautiful, uh, like I said, just bright red, um, smoky and 
spicy oil that just is great. Uh, a lot of our staff members actually take it and put it on, you know, their staff meal and everything. It's uh, sometimes we have to go looking for the bottle that we made. It's, it's pretty funny. You know, I, I have to also before we finish this, the the, the complete this description of your diver scallops. Um, I, not too long ago, I, I was uh, in uh, Amsterdam um, and had a, uh, a, a a dish that was beef medallions, and I believe it was a Io uh, ground pepper oil uh, that must have been poured because it was a delicate, tasty, you know, bright red chili oil, you know, transparent. Uh, is that the same one and the same? You um, think I, it could be very similar. Uh, like I said, there's. Uh, what we try to do is take, you know, um, ingredients and ideas and make them our own and a little bit more, uh, hopefully, better executed. You know? <laughs> so. And and also they could have used another, a, a different red paper, pepper, right? I mean, something that was red. Oh, yeah, there, I mean, there's, there's that sky's the limit. You know, you don't, and if you want to, I mean, traditionally, Aheo stands for uh, garlic pepper. And so that's, or like, we, from that, it's usually... Uh, almost like a salsa, and, but we use that and make it into uh, those same flavors, but into an oil. Well, um, I, I think you could probably bottle it and uh, and uh, sell <laughs> it uh, separately. Uh, you, you, I, I, I'll look into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that could be true for a few things. Um, you, we talked about bison. Uh-huh. Uh, for listeners out there, um, you know, bison can almost uh, a, a taste just like beef. Um, but it has a little bit of a gamey flavor, uh, a, a really a good uh, gamey flavor. It's become popular, uh, more and more popular around the country. Uh, I think Ted Turner for sure is playing his part uh, in making yep. uh, bison a more popular uh, meat around uh, the U.S. You make a uh, bison carpaccio. Tell us about that. So the bison carpaccio that we do, uh, like I said, we get from Durham Ranch, which is based uh Wyoming and um, when it comes in, I get the whole tenderloin and just it, beautiful yellow fat, letting you know me know that it's been you know on a good diet and uh, the quality that I'm looking for. And so after I clean it, and I uh, you know we usually take all the scraps and uh, make some kind of a staff meal out of it, which is always a fun day. But uh, then we sear, uh, crust it very heavily in salt and pepper, get a blazing hot cast iron pan, and just sear every side of it just so it's has this beautiful, beautiful crust, but still raw and uh, delicious inside. And so once we shave that um, to very thin slices, we uh, do a little bit of red furrow mustard greens, which adds a little bit of bitterness, uh, lemon zest, a little bit of um, uh, a very nice olive oil uh, that goes there uh, right on top. Um, and then we do a dark ciabatta crouton, uh, square cut on top, and then we get this beautiful... Um, cheese, uh, sheep's milk pecora reserva from Fruition Farms right right outside of Denver. So again, trying to stay somewhat local, and we just put an obscene amount uh, grated right on top. And this is one of the things that, uh, you know, carpaccios are all over, you know, and you can do carpaccio with anything. Uh, and But this is one of those ones that we're trying to stay true to a classic, but then elevate it with new, new better ingredients and put a little bit of lemon in there just to, you know, kind of make it pop, and that's one thing that people have definitely uh, enjoyed, they, they've actually told me. So well, it, this, this is one of my favorites. Well, I was going to save um, this question about how um, some of these menu items are created, and we definitely will we'll talk a little bit more about it, but I might as well seize the moment here. And I have a couple questions. One is, as far as you know, are 
are bison being raised much like the way that uh, cattle are being raised, uh, uh, you know, under careful conditions by good ranches uh, uh, with the distinct... Yeah, I mean, uh, we, uh, we, we definitely love the, you know, Durham Ranch product, and they take a lot of pride in, w- in what they do. So, you know, uh, and the similarities between uh, both bison and cattle, you know, they're, they're definitely there. It's just uh, di- different... Uh, flavor profile, I would say, and you know the uh, the color that we get from the bison is just so so rich and so deep red. It, it's just uh, it, it's amazing. So their diets are, are are controlled much the same way the best uh, beef uh, producers are uh, controlling the diets of of cattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and then at the same time, you know, you can also get you know just the uh, uh, grazed ones, and you know, there's or grass fed, and you know, there there'll be different. Uh, levels of it but yes very similar now back to um the uh, beef carpaccio uh, it sounds uh, a little more complex than most people might think at a glance um mm-hmm. because some of those uh, items uh, uh you know require uh care in the production of you know the uh, sheep's milk cheese that is produced mm-hmm. um uh alone uh had you ever seen anything like that before? Had you seen other uh, uh, bison carpaccios that that sort of served as a little bit of inspiration? Um, when I I have kind of a photographic memory uh, in some sorts, I would say, um, and just throughout my travels and everything, like I I pick up things and and remember things that you know I I think to myself, wow, you know I could I could do this, but I could make it this way. I could do this. Uh, differently, or you know, maybe I'll just go out and get uh, a charcuterie, and then think to myself, "Wait, I can take ideas and flavors that can complement something completely different, and you know, kind of make make it my own." I would say, you know, and so I think definitely in this industry, inspiration is all around us, and it, it, especially with within our peers, you know, um, especially in Aspen itself, like our valley. I'm, I'm good friends with a couple chefs here, and we definitely powwow, and you know. Uh, play ideas off of each other so uh inspiration is all around well and then specifically regarding the beef carpaccio mm-hmm. are you um drawing upon uh, a beef carpaccio you might have uh, seen or tasted uh or uh how do you get to the point where you combine it with these ingredients is that something uh where you saw something similar you might be mm-hmm. starting out with that as a base, and then are you standing over the stove and literally trying uh, different combinations? Um, because you could have used an entirely different uh, um, yep. cheese, for example. Uh, you might not have used uh, the olive oil. You know, you might not have mm-hmm. used mustard greens. How, how did? How do? You, are you are you experimenting right there in the moment? Well, I, I think I do, uh, every day I'm, I'm there cooking, uh, you know, and I, I very much enjoy that aspect of the job, you know, I, uh, that's something that, you know, brings excitement to me, and with this dish, um, I, you, there are basic flavors that, you know, a lot of people do, you know, usually it's going to be, um, your carpaccio with, uh, a lemon and, um, uh, pine nut something, or, arugula and definitely some kind of cheese is usually shaved or something like that so I take those basic thoughts and 
then change them to what can I substitute for this arugula that's going to heighten this dish a little bit more? What kind of cheese is going to change it from just a regular um, Parmesan or pe- Pecorino, you know, and uh, what flavors can I get out? What can I do differently to this to uh, maybe I can crust this and actually sear it off so it has that nice ring around it and that flavor profile of a little bit of, you know, char to it as well. So I just, I take the things that I know to be, um, you know, classics and uh, good to go and then think about the flavor profiles I can make different on that. Well, I, I'm certain that listeners can hear the passion in your voice for what it is that you do. Well, we're going to talk more about what you do. In fact, when you come back, we'll talk about uh, the category of garden and forest on the menu at, at uh, Plato's. We're here with uh, Chef de Cuisine Aaron Schmood of Plato's uh, in Aspen, Colorado. We'll be back with Chef Schmood right after this break. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host, and today I'm delighted to have as our guest Chef de Cuisine Aaron Schmood of Plato's in Aspen, Colorado, at the Aspen Meadows Resort um, and Conference Center. And uh, I have been talking with Aaron about uh, his preparation for a, a a broad range of very creative items that you'll find in the menu, and I might add that you can go to www.aspenmeadows.com, if I'm not mistaken, and it'll get you to the, the Plato's restaurant, but you could also Google uh, Plato's, comma, Aspen, and that'll get you to um, the restaurant uh, site. And uh, you can actually um, sort of begin to get an idea of, of the approach that they take to um, to creating these unique items. Before the break, we were going through um, some of those specific items. And, and now under the section on garden and forest, I wanted to have you talk about uh, 
your asparagus um, and uh, and also about uh, your your crispy farm egg primavera as well as your uh, baby beet item. Um, just let's 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 talk about the asparagus. Absolutely, uh, the asparagus is uh, one of my favorites. It's something I've been wanting to do for a while, and going into the spring season, uh, it it was just going to be you know the the perfect time for it. Um, the title to that section of the menu, Garden and Forest, we chose because you know that's where most of our ingredients come from. You know, this uh, it's, it's as simple as that. You know, um, uh, the asparagus salad is asparagus three ways. I pickle white asparagus. I uh, roast uh, jumbo green asparagus, and then we do shaved raw. We make a shallot pine nut relish um, that has just a little bit of a lemon, so just a little pop to it, which goes back to classic combinations, but, you know, in a new way, just what, what we've been trying to do this, into this uh, with all these menus. And um, we share, share some uh, La Crusher Lardo, which is out of uh, Norwalk, Iowa, and Lardo is this beautiful... Uh, cured pork back fat. You just shave it really thin and it, and it just, just drapes and melts uh, in your mouth. It's, it's delicious. Um, and then uh, do a couple of droplets of lemon vinaigrette and what I think is sets it off is that we take uh, we have a garden right out back and I just we get this beautiful mint and you just tear a couple uh, leaves and it just it, it browns the whole dish out. Uh, it's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah. It, um, for, it, for it's, it's, it's delectable for sure. Um uh, I, I, excuse me. Go ahead. Oh no, no. Uh, for, for the uh, the primavera salad, that's um, we get local eggs, the crispy farm egg primavera. We get local eggs that I put in an immersion circulator, uh, which is people are used to that being uh, a you know carvac or sous vide or stuff like that. But the immersion circulator is the actual machinery for it. It just keeps you know whatever uh, tem- uh, liquid you're using at a certain temperature. So I put whole eggs in there for 45 minutes at 145 degrees foam out, cool them. From there, we can make a perfect panko-crusted uh, herb, essentially poached egg. Uh, we put that, lightly fry that off, put that on top of baby mixed greens and herbs, tarps, tossed with a dark chibata croutons, a little pickled shallot, and a chai vinaigrette, done and done. Uh, it, it's very fun for the guests to see this, you know, crispy egg on top. It almost looks like a bird's being in essentially nature where we are. It's good to you know, play with that, and when you they, you cut into that egg, the yolk just drip, you know kind of just makes more of an emotion for you. It's it's uh, it's very fun. It's Drips very fun. all over the in- other ingredients. I, I take it. Yes. Um, yep. Y- exactly. You know, a lot of people are not fans of beets, but I bet if they tried your baby beet uh, mm-hmm. item, it might change their mind. Tell us about the baby beets. Uh, so the baby beet salad. Uh, you know, we classic combinations again. Are you know, everyone likes to use a. Uh, cheese and some kind of herbs and stuff like that. So going with that thought process, how are we going to make that different? So take local baby beet, um, we uh, braise them off and uh, just just so they're perfectly tender. Uh, we do spicy black radish. We get these uh, beautiful radish in, and we just shave them really thin because they, it is such a potent flavor. Um, house smoked ricotta. So instead of doing an herb goat cheese, we do a house smoked ricotta, toasted pistachios, and uh uh, a roasted citrus vinaigrette. And so as a garnish on this one, um, what, which was fun is we uh, actually kind of make these uh, crispy uh, orange peel chips, essentially. And they, when you smell them, they almost smell. Uh, Chef uh, JT even said um, they remind him of uh, blueberry, uh, uh, blueberry muffins. It's weird that, you know, that scent actually does come out after uh, crisping up these orange peels. But uh, it's so simple, but it's, it's, it's just so good. 
you know, the, the, it's just, it was such a, these two styles were very fun to showcase the, the, the produce and, you know, the ingredients that we could have, we got this season. Well, let's, let's talk again about, uh, creating something like that. I mean, where, where did you, um, get the idea of using pistachios and, 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 and black radish, uh, as well as the roasted citrus? That, that, is that something that you may have drawn upon? And of course, all chefs are drawing upon the sum total of their experience, you know, in, in the past. As you say, you benefit from having a photographic memory. So you're probably looking at uh, food items and as it's uh, broken down and you know what the ingredients are or you can simply taste them, uh, you're remembering those things. So you, you have this large database that's in your head that you can draw upon, but uh, in some cases, uh, I dare say you might not be drawing upon directly from that database. Are you standing over uh, a, 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 a pan uh, with the the baby beets and trying different things? Are you are you are you experimenting? And are there some of your other uh, chefs there with you saying, "How hey, how about what if we do this? Let's try this." No, absolutely, definitely. Here collaborative effort, you know, and without my team and, uh, you know, my chef team and my and my kitchen staff, you know, who's you know, the heart and soul of what we do, you know, it, it wouldn't be, we wouldn't be here, you know, so uh, being able to collaborate with each other and, you know, there, there's days that, you know, my, my, my staff will tell you, I'm, I'm sitting there just, you know, staring off into the distance, it's like with a, like, like a pained look on my face, just because I'm, I'm trying to think how, how and what. You know how how is this going to be different, and what what are we going to use? And that's actually where uh, Chef uh, Thompson has helped me out a lot because he has lived here in Colorado a lot longer, and he knows a lot more of the uh, local produce and the, and the different kind of ingredients that we can get. And so he'll introduce them to me, and then I'll you know kind of think to myself, this is going to work perfectly for this or that. And it's just it's you know it, there's a couple dishes that even. Until the first week we've, we've been open, we, we still weren't completely happy with because we were still changing it every day to, to make sure that this is what we wanted. And now, you know, being that the season's over, we, every item on the menu we're just so pleased with. And let me ask a question that's going to be more uh, like a question uh, f- uh, about the psychology of taste. But as you're staring off... Um, across the meadows of Aspen and uh, at the mountains and you're thinking to yourself um, what if I combine uh, the pistachios and black radish with this baby beet um, uh, dish are you sort of in some cases actually conjuring up a taste as you're imagining the combinations Um, I mean you, you wouldn't have the complete taste profile until you actually executed it but are you do you when you're creating are you envisioning uh almost um what it might taste like which which is to say uh you're like a painter with a palette that is has a vision only in this case it's a it's a taste vision is that what's going on sometimes absolutely i mean there's the ingredients that you know in the back of your head and in my in my memory you know you there are the things that go together and you know nuts and beets and cheese and beets and you know honey and beets they 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 all are things that are going to go together 
And so then in in the back of my head when I'm envisioning these things is, okay, what nut is going to be different from the the mainstream? You know, what what are we going to be able to execute better and just make it just that that comfort zone, but something that they haven't had before, you know? And so knowing the flavor profiles of the ingredients is something that you're constantly thinking about in the back of your head and knowing that, you know what, this is going to go well together. We're, we're going to make sure when we go through the testing process, but for right now, when we're, when we're planning this, this is what we're going to go with. And then uh, if anything doesn't work out, you, you after you taste it, you then go back and think about why and then what else. You know, it's 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 a fun, fun, frustrating, and eye-opening time uh, that is menu planning. <laughs> sure, and you know, I, it's absolutely got to be one of the most fun aspects of being a creative chef is to uh, experiment and, and then share it with others and have them confirm that what you were thinking uh, might work and that you think tastes good, they think tastes great. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's got to be. Uh, I I know that uh, you came out and checked on our table uh, toward the end of our meal, and you were genuinely curious curious to know um, what we thought. And of course, uh, we were ooing and eyeing uh, because we were uh, so delighted with 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 uh, what we tasted. Um, do do. Do, do you ever have the equivalent of uh, staff tastings? You know, tell us about this collaborative uh, process. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. For our, our servers, you know, they take so much pride in in what they do, and you know, our, our guests are our livelihood essentially. And so, um, when we come up with the menu and when we actually finalize it, that's when we go through the process of all right, let's let's start uh, making these things, and um, it's we have a complete. Uh, menu rollout essentially so the entire front of the house comes uh we go and we send out each uh dish each course uh, about a week or so before service i make a menu matrix a glossary of terms allergies all that stuff like that and i mean they every one of them has to take a test and so once we they try all the food uh we I, we go out every after every course and say explain it to them and ask them their feedback and a lot of the times, you know, they, they, they very much enjoy everything they have. You know, everyone's palate is, is so different, but that's what we try to do is make a balance that everyone's going to enjoy at least something on on these dishes, you know, and, and something that's just not going to put, put them off. And we've been very, very fortunate to have been able to accomplish that, you know, and... Uh, when we do specials and anything, you know, I, I do ask... You know, my, my staff. Hey, what what are people asking for? You know, what would you like to see? You know, that's that's something that one. You know, it, it brings a, a morale and a camaraderie there because we do genuinely genuinely care about you know our, essentially our family. Well, you, and if go ahead. No, I I, I just think that uh, you. It's obvious that you care about uh, your family and that you engage the uh, the staff as family. Uh, in in uh, trying to come up with what you think are uh, going to be pleasing uh, food items, and I, and really that's characteristic of the best businesses, where uh, the people at the top uh, collaborate with uh, everyone around them, uh, the, and, and and it makes all the difference in the world. Um, we're 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 going to be taking a break, um, but when we come back, I want you to have you touch upon a couple of things, uh, including uh, the chef's burger, uh, the mm-hmm. Germ Ranch venison loin. 
uh, and then we're uh, going to talk about um, uh, the early years of uh, a young Aaron Schmood, uh, how you <laughs> came to uh, to become a chef. We're here with Chef Aaron Schmood of Plato's uh, at Aspen Meadows in Aspen, Colorado. We'll be back with Chef Schmood right after this break. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Chef de Cuisine Aaron Schmood of Plato's in Aspen, Colorado. And we've been talking about the process of creating some very unique menu items. Um, and I, I want to continue on for just a bit here before I switch to talking about uh, Chef uh, Schmid's uh, early years uh, and 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 how he came to uh, want to uh, be a, a chef. Um, but uh, you have a uh, you mentioned Durham Ranch and and you, you've mentioned it uh, with a high uh, a, a high degree of respect. Uh, it must be a, a very well run ranch, and that is uh, um, a, a ranch from which you get um, uh, your venison. For your venison loin uh, uh, dish, tell us about that dish. Uh, absolutely. So the venison loin that we get in, um, we just it, it's such a unique um, 
meat, and it's 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 just so the flavor profile is just so clean, but just has that nice you know gaminess to it that's not overpowering. And uh, we we use a sous vide method on this, so once we break down the the loin, we put it um, in a Kravec bag with some fairness olive oil uh, seasonings, aromatics, uh, garlic, shallots, and we just uh, have that at a certain temperature until an order comes in. Um, how did you how did you know to 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 add uh, the huck, huckleberry gastrique into that formula? Uh, so the huckleberry gastrique doesn't go into the actual crow uh, bag, um, but that is that's actually I, I love. Oh, that's that's an after after uh, the crow mm-hmm. bag, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, th- this is the one that actually took about a week in the opening for us to be truly content with the setup. Uh, this is what the one that like we kept changing because there's just something that we you know we didn't like. Um, and so now we do a, a hominy grit that's so velvety and er- herbaceous, and we do a um, house made sweet corn and cheese fritter to add a nice crunch. That so we have those two uh, se- separate textures going off on each other. Then finish off with that tangy, sweet huckleberry gastrique that you're talking about. And I, I, I just love doing gastriques with game meat. It's, um, they, 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 and for those who don't know, a gastrique is essentially just a uh, vinegar sugar reduction. Um, but with those, what I love doing is just adding different uh, uh, fruits or different berries in this case and uh, different, um, like sometimes alcohol with it to, to make it pop a little bit more. And this one, just with the combination of everything else, adds just a little bit of sweetness, but also that little tang in the back of your your throat uh, and mouth to, you know, just kind of like makes it pop, you know, and I, I don't know why I've started doing, you know, gastrics with gay meat, but I, I just, for some reason, did it, and it just, it works, you know, I, it's very, very much um, complements each other. I, I could imagine, yes, that that, that, that would work with, uh, with uh, a couple of different forms of game uh, that, mm-hmm. that, that you... Uh, that you're uh, preparing, I, I want to turn to the chef's burger and yeah, absolutely. And everyone out there um, probably knows that even the best of restaurants these days uh, might include a burger, uh, yep. especially you know an American restaurant and maybe a few mm. restaurants in Europe which are starting to uh, prepare uh, burgers. Um, yep. But I dare say your chef's burger. Uh, could be entered into a burger competition uh, from <laughs> this description. I did not have the pleasure of trying it, but uh, tell us about your chef's burger. Um, yeah, that being said, you know, there's a lot of restaurants that have burgers on now, and ours during the summertime, we actually, um, it's a requirement uh, within asking, you know, that uh, for locals and everything, uh, there should be a um, affordable uh, burger as well as an entree and stuff. And so instead of just doing a regular burger, I was like, let's, let's do something fun with this. You know, what, what, what does summer say to me? So I was like, barbecue and slaw. You know, we actually did, uh, during the Super Bowl, we practiced with this because we did uh, sliders from it. But um, so what we do is uh, it comes with a house-cured pork belly. I cure for four days and then braise it for almost six hours. Uh, we griddle it off so it's a nice crust while it's still, like, fatty and juicy, like, in the middle. Your, your mouth is just coated. It's it's amazing. Uh, we take some um, smoked gouda, again, summer flavor with the smokiness. We make a bitter slaw with radicchio and cabbage and then toss that with a uh, sweet grain mustard um, uh, mascarpone kind of dressing, if you will. So, you know, that, that just balances itself out right there. Um, a little bit of agave is in there as well. We top it with a perfectly fried egg, and then we make a barbecue aioli uh, that just smother everything with, and it's, it's sold, you know. And this is one that uh, a couple of my chef friends in, in the Valley, they, they come 
every so often like I just have to have that burger I just have to have that burger <laughs> and uh, so you know it's, it's a compliment to definitely my, my, myself and my staff and it's uh, I, I wanted to you know when we first up to that when we put it uh, for that employee tasting a um, couple of servers like best burger in town I was like let's keep going with that you know but uh, you know, when we again when we first made this one we like you know all the flavors separately you know these, these should work these should work but then everything together something wasn't popping something you know the, it was delicious but it, there, there was something that just wasn't wasn't there yet and so then having d- done that we realized right we need to up the tang on on the dressing we can make the barbecue aioli look more potent let's cure the pork belly a couple more days longer you know and and so now it's just it's out of this world i i, I wish you would have had it <laughs> yeah i do now i'm uh, ready to fly back uh to colorado <laughs> to uh to have that that burger um i want to turn now to um uh, and for, and before i forget i want to uh, uh compliment uh, bonnie calderon uh plato's manager and and give a tip of the hat to uh uh chef uh jason thompson uh you know to together you know you're you're uh, at the helm of a a really finely uh finely honed uh, restaurant operation yeah. and uh, and yeah. i was the beneficiary of of just uh, we we have, we have an amazing exec sous chef um chef michael snow as well that he uh, he's a recent addition and he's uh he's been more of a help than than he knows so i mean we the team is just great and also your uh, pastry chef elise alexander mm-hmm. elise alexander yep absolutely um so uh Growing up uh, as a, a young boy, when did you mm-hmm. sort of become uh, aware of the culinary universe? What what, what was it? Was it? Uh, was oh, it? Oh yeah, a- um, my I grew up in the D.C. area. Uh, my mother is uh, full Korean, and so um, my parents were separated. But uh, we used to always visit my mom, and uh, she was always cooking. That's the only thing she's ever done in this country is is cook in different kitchens and. And no matter what, you know, it's just like, you hungry? You hungry? No, we just ate. Oh, still cooking something, you know. So we were, my brother and I, we were always around food and uh, kind of took it for granted, you know. But being children growing up with that, it was, you know, ingrained in ourselves. And then when we got older and, you know, started getting jobs and started getting in restaurants and, you know, everyone goes to the restaurant days and, you know, it just, it, it just started clicking. You know, it's just, we, we saw that passion in, in our mother and, you know, we, we, and, and then with our father, you know, he was constantly cooking for his two sons and, you know, just like complete different food profiles. But, you know, food was always one of those things that it brings people together. When did you, know, you when did you take a step in the direction of, of, of becoming a professional? Uh, I would say uh, I actually started front of house. Um, I was uh, started front of house and I started managing everything. And I actually used to get in trouble because they could always find me in the kitchen instead of on the floor. <laughs> and uh, so it was just kind of... Um, eye-opening and when I, I moved out to Las Vegas for uh, I was actually going to do sports nutrition cul- uh, not culinary then one day I was just like what am I doing you know I look, like did, I want to cook and so that's when I I, I never knew how far it was going to take me and there, there's so much more that needs to be done obviously and I, I think that in this industry if you ever think that you know you, you know it all and you're there you know you, you're in the wrong industry well you know, you know it, it, I, I I have to interject before I forget here that mm-hmm. your sports nutrition uh, seems to play well uh, in that uh, I think your menu is extremely healthy as well. Uh, yeah, uh, it, 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 we, yeah, we you know we the the fats that we use are still healthy fats and you know the the ingredients and you know, we still you know 
especially for the spring and summer, you still want to make it light and but, but not. You still you still know that you ate something though, you know. <laughs> well, um, any advice out there? Uh, we've got about thirty seconds here for a uh, young chef. Uh, absolutely, uh, don't do it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, you know, just go go into it with the thought that uh, you're not a chef. You know, ha- have the goal, but realize, uh, you know, the term is a little overused. You know, title is nothing without work ethic and respect from from your peers as well as what you give to them. You know, and, you know, it's uh, be humble, keep your head down, work hard, and learn. You know, if you ever feel like, like I said, if you ever feel like you know it all, m- move on. You're in the wrong industry. You know, respect your team, respect your kitchen, and ask as many questions as possible. You know, it's just it, it it can be such a rewarding um industry and you just have to you just have to be open to that. I, I think that those uh words of wisdom apply to a lot of different professions and oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. I, I appreciate you sharing them uh with our listeners. I, I also really appreciate that you took the time. Uh it's earlier uh in uh, Colorado than it is here in Atlanta. Uh but uh you have taken the time to uh, join uh, the Business Hour, and uh, we have been talking with uh, Chef de Cuisine Aaron Schmood of Plato's in Aspen, Colorado, at Aspen Meadows. And I want to thank Bonnie Calderon again, your your manager, because uh, she helped in uh, setting this up. Absolutely. And uh, and good luck to you, Aaron. I hope to come out there, and uh, I think the first thing I'll try is the chef's burger. There we go. We're going to probably change it up, but we'll see. Well, I appreciate you uh, very much for having us on. Thank well, you. thank you for being on. You've been listening to America's Web Radio. The Business Hour is on from 10 to 11 a.m. on Fridays. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio next week. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.